Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this week's episode, I talk with Ashley from Get Mom Strong about how busy, tired moms can find time to exercise throughout their busy day and the secret to a better core, and it's not sit-ups. So get rid of your scale. It means nothing. As you build muscle, you might even weigh more, but it's called body recomposition, right? The second thing is it doesn't really matter, right? I look at non-scale victories all the time. I say, are you lifting heavier weights? Do you have less joint pain? Does your back hurt less when you're carrying your kids? These are all victories. And if we celebrate those along the way, that's motivating. Isn't being in less pain a great motivator? Isn't having more energy a great motivator? So when we think of motivation as what we look like in a mirror, exclusively, we are going to get frustrated because you know what? It's a slow process. And any program out there that's selling you a quick fix and telling you you can completely change yourself in X number of weeks, they're snake oil, right? It's not going to give you long-term results. That's a crash diet. So I don't believe in tracking calories or counting macros. I teach intuitive eating and getting back into uh, a place where you trust your body and you're at peace with your body. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast and joining us to talk everything fitness. Thank you so much for having me. It is my passion and I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I am too. And I, I, honestly, I'm probably going to be asking a lot of questions for me because <laughs> I have so many questions. Fitness is such a priority for me, obviously for physical reasons, but also for mental health reasons. When I go to the gym or I do any type of stretching, yoga, any type of just movement helps me A, have more energy and B, helps me just get through the day better. I feel like I'm just in a better mood. Do you do you find that a lot? Is that something, I mean, you do this for a living, yeah. so do you find that a lot in your work as well? It's actually physiological. We release endorphins when we move our bodies. And as moms, we have a lot of moments where um, those endorphins are getting stolen to some extent. Yes, exactly. So I, I feel that. like putting it back in the bank, the endorphin bank. So that's why, and it, you know, frankly, it's so hard to find the energy when you're a mom, but it actually gives you more energy when you move your body. So on those days, you're really tired and just in a sad mood. Just 10 minutes can change everything. Absolutely. And I always say to try to go outside if you can. That's my big thing. When people say I'm overwhelmed, I'm overstimulated, I'm overstressed, I'm overworked, 
whatever the case is, I say, go outside, even if it's just for five minutes, 10 minutes, just take a couple deep breaths, take a quick little walk around your, your, your neighborhood, around the block, and then come back in. And it just makes such a difference. But I think sometimes it seems so simple. We forget about it. Or we think like, oh, I don't have time for a break. Or even if me, sometimes I'll say, I'm so tired. I can't make it to the gym today because I don't have even enough energy to even go to the gym. But then on the flip side, you go. And like you said, you have more energy. So what are some ways that you motivate others to to go to the gym, to work out, to take time for movement, you know, whatever the case is? How do you motivate people when they have every excuse in the world to not go? First and foremost, my program is based on home workouts. I think taking that extra step out of it. So like you can just wake up in your pajamas, go do a quick workout and you got it in for the day. I think it's so hard and overwhelming when we think about like, okay, I have to get my stuff ready. I have to drive here and there's all these steps. So that's what I recommend for moms, especially in those early days, if they can and they have the setup, you don't need much equipment to make that happen. Uh, The second thing is I use the 10 minute rule, which I was just sort of touching on. And the 10 minute rule is you don't feel like working out, put your tennis shoes on, say, I'm going to do this for 10 minutes. Chances are, once you start moving, you go a lot longer than 10 minutes. But worst case scenario, you move for 10 minutes that you weren't going to move for. So win-win in that situation. And it just, it's just a smaller bite (laughs) to take off. And I think as moms, we just have so much on our plates. 10 minutes. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's another excuse I hear a lot. And I use the same one sometimes. It's not so much the lack of energy. It's the lack of time. Like you said, we have our plates full with so much on our our, our mental load, you know, doing the dishes, doing the laundry. Even today, I have a whole list. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to record a podcast. I have to do all these things. And exercise is in there, or for me, a workout is in there. But sometimes there's days where I think I, I really don't have time for that. But I, so I like the 10 minute rule because I, I always talk about like kind of micro self-care and even with self-care, people think, oh, I you know need to take a whole day to go to the spa or to really relax. You don't really need that long. As moms, we take it where we can get it. And sometimes that is just 10 minutes of our day and that's okay. And we need to give ourselves grace when we only have those 10 minutes because at least we gave ourselves 10 minutes, right? Right. And I think if you look at exercise as kind of a hug, a hug for yourself instead of as punishment, like a lot of us women grew up thinking it was like, oh, we have to move our bodies because we ate something. No, it's like we get to move our bodies. We're going to. And so I think when you switch to that mind frame, too, and you realize that you really are taking a moment of self-care and it's not a punishment that also motivates you in a really unique way. And a lot of women just don't have that perspective because we grow up in a culture where we're told thin is better and, you know, movement is for that purpose, which it's not. Exactly. Now, what do you tell people when they say, I haven't seen any results? I know a lot of times it's very result focused where maybe you're trying to lose a certain number of pounds and you go on the scale for weeks after you've been exercising you know, doing any type of fitness and you're not seeing the results you thought you would. And you think, well, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you give up or, you know, you're, you're looking at macros or calories or all the things. How do you tell people to keep going? You know, how do you get to that point where sometimes it might just be, you know, like your body's inflamed 
or you're growing muscle, right? So you might be losing weight or losing fat, but you're growing muscle. So you're not seeing those numbers on the scale. But how do you handle that when people might say, well, I'm not really getting the results I want and need. So I, why, why should I even do this in the first place? So I take a really different approach to fitness than I think a lot of female trainers. Um, first of all, I encourage you to get rid of your scale altogether. It really Hallelujah. I, I believe the same thing, honestly. <laughs> it is literally just a number. Um, so get rid of your scale. It means nothing. As you build muscle, you might even weigh more, but it's called body recomposition, right? The second thing is it doesn't really matter, right? I look at non-scale victories all the time. I say, are you lifting heavier weights? Do you have less joint pain? Does your back hurt less when you're carrying your kids? These are all victories. And if we celebrate those along the way, that's motivating. Isn't being in less pain a great motivator? Isn't Absolutely. having more energy a great motivator? So when we think of motivation as what we look like in a mirror, exclusively, we are going to get frustrated because you know what? It's a slow process. And any program out there that's selling you a quick fix and telling you, you can completely change yourself in X number of weeks, they're snake oil, right? It's not going to give you long-term results. That's a crash diet. So I don't believe in tracking calories or counting macros. I teach intuitive eating and getting back into uh, a place where you trust your body and you're at peace with your body. And that can be really hard to do because for a lot of the women I'm working with, it's decades of abuse to their bodies and just feeling that their only sense of worth is a pant size or what they look like in a mirror. And so it's my job to take slow and steady steps to convince them that, hey, we're looking at these non-scale victories and we're going on how we feel. And that is so much more important. And I promise you when you were 80, 90 years old and you were on your deathbed, you're not going to be like, thank God I was a size two. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. But there's so much social pressure out there, especially with social media. You know, moms especially, I feel like are, are kind of pigeonholed in this little area where we constantly are almost forced sometimes because of social media to compare ourselves with others, you know, because it's our highlight reel, right? And, you know, it's everyone's talking about the best part of their life or whatever it is. And because of that comparison and competition, maybe it's, it's hard to just be sometimes. And it's hard to give ourselves those little mom wins of, you know what, I worked out for 10 minutes today. I, you know, took my supplements, I ate, you know, fruits and vegetables, and I feel just really good about myself. I don't feel like that's always the case because sometimes we don't even encourage each other, right? So how does social media impact, you know, the way that we look at our bodies, the way that we look at fitness, especially as moms? And I feel like there's a lot of pressure to it with postpartum moms after they have a baby. I think people sometimes comment without realizing what they're saying sometimes, and they, maybe they mean well, or they're trying to have good intentions. But when they say comments like, oh gosh, it's already been six months, you know, when are you going to go back to the gym? Or, you know, there's just a lot of pressure to lose baby weight um, after you have a baby. And I know you do a lot of postpartum work on your Instagram. How do you help moms in, in those types of situations um, when they're feeling that extra pressure? So just as you're choosing what to put in your mouth or when to move your body, you also need to be choosing what you're consuming in your social media feed. I One of the first things I have people do in my program 
and I say, hey, moms, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through our social media feed. Anything that does not bring you joy, you are going to unfollow because you don't need that. I mean, I swear when I was going through my healing journey, if I saw one more nine months in, nine months out baby photo, I was going to like implode because for me, it wasn't that quick of a journey. I had twins and I have a small torso and I can give you all the reasons. They don't even matter. But the truth is you need to clean out your feed. You need to respond to people or don't bother responding to people, but what you need to tell yourself when someone pressures you about your weight loss or what your body looks like, you need to remind yourself, my body's a good body. My body made a human. I think if we can remind ourselves of all it took for us to bring this life into the world and be like, how are we not celebrating this? Um, and then we also need to accept that sometimes our body changes and it just does, ladies. And what you see is exactly what you said on social media is a pose. It is a moment in time. They probably have stretch marks. They probably have loose skin. They might have some pelvic floor issues. You don't know what's going on with that person. Um, so try not to compare yourself because you're literally seeing a blip in time. Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> and it's so hard to do sometimes because I think as moms, sometimes, especially after having a baby, especially if it's your, after your first baby and you're not only changing, your body's not only changing, but maybe your marriage and your relationship with your spouse or partner is changing and you might feel a sense of isolation. Maybe some of your friends aren't moms yet. And so you're trying to connect with others and you're trying to reach out and have these other people, even if it's people you've never met before on social media, but then at the same time, you're also, you know, can be brought down by it a little bit if if you're not following the right people. So I 100% love that that you do that because um, it, there's so many great things about social media and bringing people together. And there's also some, some red flags that we need to look out for and make, like you said, good decisions for ourselves when it comes to who we follow and you know what kind of advice we follow and things like that. So I love that you do that. Um, but speaking of stretch marks and so forth, um, here's a question I have for myself that I think hopefully will help others you know, that are listening. So I have had two children. I had two C-sections, unplanned, um, wasn't intentional to have my C-sections, but I did. And I'm an older mom to begin with anyway. I was an older mom even when I had my first. So um, geriatric, I think, is what they call it, which I think is just so brutal. And that'll be another topic for another podcast one day. Um, but that being said, I know for me, doing core work, doing ab work is really hard. Um, it's just jello down there, to be honest. Um, do I have hope <laughs> in getting my abs back, getting my core back? For no other reason. I mean, I'm okay. I, I'm very comfortable, you know, if I need be to wear a bathing suit and things like that. I don't avoid going to the pool with my kids just because of that. But I have switched to one pieces because, you know, not only the scarring, but just the tissue and everything like that. So I want to feel more confident in my body. And I also just want to do it just to have more strength. So a, is there hope? And B, what can I do or what can you suggest? Um, you know, little things to start out with that I can suggest to work on my core. Yeah, there is absolutely hope no matter how far postpartum you are. And even if you've had a C-section, I also had two emergency C-sections. So I feel you there. Neither of them <laughs> there is hope. There's a whole layer of trauma there also, but we don't have time to get into that today. But C-section moms, like it's a lot. So I just want to acknowledge that. 
Um, you can absolutely work on your core. The first thing that I have women do is uh, stop sucking in for one. We're really self-conscious. Often postpartum, we're sucking in. Puts a ton of pressure down on your pelvic floor. The next thing I need you to do is to actually learn to breathe properly. And you wouldn't think like, oh, what does my core have to do with, you know, breathing? But it has everything to do with how you breathe. So for most people, if I said, hey, take an inhale, most everybody's going to breathe up into their chest. So they'll go, if you do it right now, your shoulders probably are lifting and you're like breathing all up into your chest and your neck. Um, what I coach you to do is to actually reverse that and you breathe down into your body. So you want to place your hands on your rib cage if you're at home and you're going to inhale down into your body. Your rib cage is opening like an umbrella. The overflow is going gently into your tummy. And then as you exhale, you're lifting your pelvic floor like a Kegel. So exhale, lift pelvic floor and you draw your belly button in and up, almost like you're putting on a really tight pair of jeans. And if you felt that, you're feeling your transverse abdominus work. Yes, that is your now. I know no one can see us. I mean, maybe we'll make a video into this, but no one can see us. But I'm doing it. I'm I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. and it takes practice. That's the first thing I want to say. Um, it takes a lot of practice to get the hang of it because right, you're reversing your breathing patterns that you've probably had for a really long time. But once you learn how to activate that deep core muscle, it actually acts like your body's natural corset, which is really cool. It even runs laterally like a corset. So if you look down at your shoelaces, it runs just like that, like your shoelaces do. And it supports your back and it helps with your pelvic floor and it is what's going to shrink your waistline. I mean, we don't want to focus on that here, but that is what it does. It actually acts like the body's natural corset. So Learning to activate that is absolutely key in reducing back pain, reducing pelvic floor issues, and feeling a lot stronger. So if you can nail that, even practice it for five minutes a day, um, you can do it before you get in the shower or before you fall asleep at night. Uh, incorporating that in is going to make a huge difference all on its own. And then on top of that, once you learn that mind-muscle connection again, you start incorporating more and more challenging exercises that activate that core system. And I'm telling you, it is our hidden superpower. Yeah. I'm always like, this is like, why are we not taught this? We should be taught this long before we have kids. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It should be one of those prenatal classes that we, that we take because 100%. I'm, I'm learning this now and my kids are almost, you know, my oldest is almost 10 years old. Right. So it's just something I've been struggling with, you know, for a long time. Now, what do you think on that same topic, what do you think about sit-ups, planks, the other things that you hear about that you should be doing? Are all those things helpful or if you do them the right way, of course? So when you think of core work, almost everybody thinks crunches, sit-ups, planks, um, but there's this entire universe of core work that is way more beneficial. So oh, good. I'm very uh, basic. <laughs> well, that's also what we're taught too, right? We're taught if that's you want to, yeah. yeah, I remember when I was new to all this because I had a horrible diastasis recti, which is why I, I got into this line of work after my twins nine years ago. And the pelvic floor physical therapist I saw was like, um, you need to stop doing sit-ups and crunches. I was like, well, then what do I do? Exactly. Uh, turns out there's this huge universe of amazing core work. And so, of course, I'm obsessed with all the different core variations you can do to activate that deep core system. But Sit-ups and crunches, you definitely want to avoid during pregnancy and early postpartum. Once you've connected with that deep muscle that I was just trying to touch on briefly, you can start adding those more traditional core exercises back in. 
if you don't see domain coming out of your tummy, it often looks like a ridge or a cone popping out your midline. Um, or if you feel pain, pressure, or heaviness down below, you also want to avoid that exercise. Um, but definitely taking that time during pregnancy to switch up your core work and early postpartum, switch it up. I promise you it pays off. And you have some videos on your Instagram with some core work, right? Okay. I do. And I have a free guide that you can download to learn a little bit more. And then of course I have a full app. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do that because it's something. And like you said, I think for me too, I tend to have bad posture. I mean, part of it, I think is somewhat hereditary. You know, I, I could go back generations of the bad posture in my family, but that's not an excuse. I tend to have it. And I feel like if my core was stronger, I would actually have better posture as well. And I don't have back pain yet. I'm sure as I get older, I might have more of it. I've you know, been lucky in that sense where I haven't really had any, any much back pain over my lifetime. Um, but I feel like, you know, if your core is stronger then you know, those things will, like you said, coincide and also help as well. So it's not just your core you're working on, it's your posture, it's your, you know, to lessen back pain and, you know, all those things too. Yeah. And your pelvic floor. So, you know, we exactly. have better posture, we breathe better and our diaphragm works in conjunction with our pelvic floor. And so also if you're having incontinence or prolapse symptoms, you definitely want to work on that core as well. Definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to pick your brain about cardio versus strength training. We'll be right back. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your sleep number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay. So we're back. And, you know, this is something that I feel like, again, is, is taught to people at an earlier age. I know when I was younger, it was all about cardio. <clears throat> and maybe that was because of the weight loss, you know, pressures out there in the world. But uh, I'm so used to doing cardio and I like it. I actually really like running on the treadmill, again, getting my heart rate up. I feel like it's good for, heart, you know, your heart. And, you know, as a two-time breast cancer survivor, my doctors and oncologists and surgeons have always really stressed cardio because they want you to exercise and, you know, just for the health benefits and things like that and, and preventative benefits. But on the flip side, you know, I'm over 35 and I know our bodies change as we get older, especially maybe after we hit 40 and, and beyond and how important strength training is. And I feel like, you know, when I follow you or, you know, when I read other articles and advice, they're talking about focusing more on strength training than the than cardio. So what are your thoughts on that? And then I ha probably have some follow-up questions, but first off, what is your, your thoughts on that? Well, here's the real kicker. You can kill two birds with one stone. You can okay. lift weights and spike your heart rate in a profound way. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm just not doing it enough or doing it right. I got to watch more of your videos and download your, your app and whatnot. <laughs> So you can definitely get that cardiovascular endurance built as you build strength, which is a lot of how I program my workouts because we're short on time as moms, right? So if you're only going to have 30 minutes to get your workout in, we're going to target both. 
Um, as we get older, it does change and resistance training becomes more and more important because our hormones change and our ability to retain muscle mass changes significantly. So we want to continue to lift weights or to add in lifting weights, especially as we're approaching menopause. The other thing that can happen as we approach menopause is because our hormones are shifting and uh, if you're doing a lot of cardio, your body's like, hey, are we running from lions? What's happening? And our cortisol spikes. So you can actually find that you're retaining more belly fat than maybe you would if you were adding in more strength training instead of just doing that cardio. So I always say it's a balance, right? If you love your Peloton or you love going for a run and it brings you that mental health component, keep it in. If it doesn't, if you're doing it because you feel like you have to do it, you can certainly find some more strength-based ways to get your cardio in. Um, and then I love walking. I think it's the most understated activity on the planet. It actually reduces our cortisol. We get that vitamin D if we can do it outside. It's just nature's reset for our body. It helps us recover more quickly. So moving away, I think, from those long endurance runs, unless it's your thing and you love it, and thinking more like, hey, I'm going to strength train, build that endurance, and then I'm also going to add in some walking for my mental and physical health as a reset. Wow, you just like blew my mind. <laughs> because I feel like, like I said, I've always been kind of trained to, you know, you go to the gym, you go on the treadmill, and then you do some weights at the end. But you know, that's the focus. And what you said about the cortisol levels and the belly fat just changed my mentality completely about cardio versus strength training. So, um, and belly fat's what I've been trying to also conquer as well, you know, with my core, you know, hence my earlier questions. Um, but walking, yeah, I mean, I can still do walking on the treadmill because I do like it. I just like that feeling, you know, that, that I get from it. Um, but strength training is something I haven't really been trained in of what to do and how to do it. So, um, at my gym, I go to the gym, I, I do some workouts at home, but at the gym, um, you know, they have those machines, you know, that you can work on shoulder press and, you know, all those things. Um, and then there's free weights, um, that you can use. What if, if, if people who are listening out there to this episode do more of a gym workout, um, at home, I'm sure you'd probably mostly, most people just would have maybe some free weights, but at a gym, do you prefer, or do you suggest using those machines? Are those beneficial? Or would you say free weights are better or explain that a little bit more for me? Both are really beneficial. I'm not going to knock a strength <laughs> exercise one way or the other. I will say if you're using free weights, you're going to use more stabilizer muscles, which has a lot of benefits, right? Especially when it comes to your core and some of those stabilizer muscles and that mind-muscle connection. But using uh, a machine is also great. You can go a little bit heavier on those exercises and have a slightly reduced risk of injury. So whatever you prefer is the honest answer. Building strength is building strength. It's going to pay off either way. If you're looking to get that cardio component to it, working on those machines, unless you're doing them quickly, is probably not going to get you that cardio boost you're looking for. Um, some free weights or a barbell is probably going to do a better job at targeting the two birds with one stone. But both have benefits. And if you feel more comfortable on equipment versus free weights, you do you. 
Okay. <laughs> but I like the cardio component as well. So like you said, if you're doing it faster, you know, there's other ways too. So I feel like I have so much more to learn from you. Um, and everything you're saying is, is very beneficial and just kind of opening up my eyes to, you know, the possibilities of, of what to do. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to strength training, um, my last question is what can moms do at home just throughout their day to kind of help with that strength training. Like I said, if they're, even if they're sprinkling things in here and there, you know, lifting their toddler up in the air 10 times, <laughs> you know, doing three reps of that throughout the day, what can moms do at home if they don't really have any equipment um, and, and whatnot, what can help them throughout the day to do that? Yeah. So definitely that core breathing I talked about, do it before you go to bed or before you hop in the shower, just practicing that mind muscle connection. And again, I teach you how to do this. I know it's a complex thing to do over a quick podcast, but activating that deep core muscle, if you can just do that a few times a day, you can do it while you're sitting at a stoplight. You can do it while you're in the shower. It's going to make such a huge difference in your core strength and your posture, really everything. So that is the first thing I'd prescribe. The second thing I'd prescribe is go out for a walk, take your kids with you. I know it's a little bit less um, grounding to take your children with you on a walk, uh, but getting outside, moving your body for a little bit makes all the difference. And then throughout your day, I would say focusing on body mechanics, just as you're picking up your kid. I think as moms, we're so tired. We're often just slumping as we hold the kids or we shoot our hip out to hold our kid on our hip and just being more mindful of your core and your pelvic floor and your posture as you move throughout your day can make a big difference in how your body feels. I'm going to start doing the breathing exercises in the car pickup line because I have to get to yeah. my kid's school so early and I feel like I'm always just sitting there and there's no Wi-Fi in that area. It's like a dead zone. So I can't even really mindlessly scroll. So I'm just sitting there looking out the window. And so I'm going to start, I think that's a great time that you know I personally can incorporate that in as well. Um, one of my last questions is talking about uh, stretching. How important is stretching? Whether it's first thing in the morning to kind of just jumpstart your body or even possibly at night before you go to bed to kind of help you sleep better or throughout the day, if you could explain a little bit more about stretching and if we should be incorporating that as well into our daily routine, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Stretching and mobility are great. Uh, probably like the, one of the most underrated things, right? You've got aches and pains from a long day of mom life. I love stretching at night. If you're watching Netflix anyway, take the first five minutes and just unwind your body a little bit. It'll make a huge difference in your just day-to-day -day functioning and how you feel. I do not recommend stretching, at least not static stretching before a workout. It can actually weaken your muscles ability to perform. So I know like gym class when we were kids was like stretch first. And uh, they've now proven that that is less than ideal. So you want to wait until after your workout or find another time of day. Um, again, make it something small and achievable. So I would say five minutes before you go to bed. If I were picking one time to have you stretch, I would say five minutes before you go to bed. Because when you're carrying those kids all day, your back hurts, your hips hurt, everything hurts on your body. And it's also, again, a way for you to tune in with your body and ground yourself and just be like, thank you, body. You got through this day. We did it another day. Here we are. We <laughs> exactly. made it. Pat <laughs> exactly. yourself on the back. 
Yeah, exactly. And we do, like I said, we need to look for those mom wins throughout the day. And, you know, if we even can get fresh air or even take a break for those 10 minutes that you talked about, I think is just such a win for so many of us. And instead of looking at our days, well, we didn't get this done and we didn't get this done, but I got five minutes of stretching in and I got a 10 minute walk, you know, even with my kids around the neighborhood, I feel like we should really pat ourselves on the back and really be proud of the things that we do do instead of some of the things that we we don't do. Um, so I love incorporating those little you know aspects into our day. Um, I think it'll help sleep us sleep better too. I do a lot of you know talk about sleep habits and how you know setting your body up for the next day starts before you go to bed. And so I think that's just a great way to look at that. You know to sleep better throughout the night. I mean I guess as moms, depending on what age your children are. <laughs> That's not always going to be the case, <laughs> but it's a season and we get through it and there, you know, there are going to be nights that you're you know, going to get sleep um, and this, this could help. So um, tell us more about your program and where people can find you online so they can get more advice. They can follow your, your advice online as well. Um, I'd love to give that shout out to you. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. You can find uh, a lot of information on my website. So it's just getmomstrong.com. It tells you all about the app. I have a full fitness app and it's everything from very beginner um, to super advanced. And it's all focused on core and pelvic floor, their total body workouts. But every single movement I'm coaching you, like here's how we use our core. Here's how we use our pelvic floor. I'm teaching you how to heal and function and heal like a badass. Am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, absolutely. We are a badass. And so there's a nutrition program, a pregnancy program. It really has like a full breadth. And then in the meantime, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is getmomstrong. I'm also on TikTok and I give tons of free information because um, I'm just so mission driven after my own experience having twins and very much struggling to regain my core and my pelvic floor and to feel good. I mean, it took three years. That's just the backstory. It took three years to feel like a normal human being. So if you're out there and struggling, know that it takes time. You got this. I want you to have an all or something mentality. It's not all or nothing as moms. It's all or something. And every day you're a little stronger. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time to share everything with us today. I know I learned a lot and I hope others who are listening learn a lot too. And I hope they follow you for more advice. I know I will be because I am I I, I love the motivation too. Because when you're excited about what you post about, I know I'm excited to engage with it because you know it kind of motivates me too. I'm gonna do this today and set those little goals for myself and you know get them done. Because we are badass, right? So we are badass. So <laughs> and thank you for everything you do. Thanks for building community for us. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.
Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.